Hey everyone, it's Maria here. And on behalf of Simon and I, I'd just like to thank you for checking out our podcast. Before we get into things, I just want to let you know that this is only part of our online mini service. To check out the full service and find out more about Everyone Church, head to our website at everyonechurch.com.au. Hope you can check it out and see the full service. But for now, let's get into the podcast. Last week, we started a series called All Grown Up, and it's all about growing up in God. It's about discipleship and spiritual maturity. And we really want to unpack the why and the how we engage in discipleship, which is something we value uh, here at Everyone Church. So last week, we asked the question, what do we mean by the word discipleship? Uh, because that word is never actually used in the New Testament. And it can mean a whole bunch of things. It could mean small groups. It could mean a church program. It could mean a discipleship course, a discipleship book. What, what does it mean? Well, here at Everyone Church, when we say the word discipleship, we're talking about the intentional journey toward spiritual maturity. Okay? We're talking about your journey and my journey. Your intentional pursuit. Not someone else's pursuit on your behalf. Um, not someone, you know, strategically leading you up, you know, into maturity. No, no, no. We're talking about your your journey, and there is just no church program or course uh, that can force you to mature. Okay, you need to pursue spiritual maturity. Okay, doesn't mean that people and programs aren't involved. Of course, they are. They help that journey, and we're going to talk a bit about that today. But you need to make the decision to mature first and foremost. And what is spiritual maturity? Well, we talked about how once we're born again, okay, we begin the journey of being with Jesus in heaven, okay, one day, but also being like him on earth. So salvation is a one-day thing in heaven that we look forward to. It's a promise, of course, that God will keep, but it is also an everyday thing. And discipleship is about the journey towards spiritual maturity in the everyday. It's the day-by-day stuff. The end goal is that you would be with Jesus, that you would make it, that you would enter heaven with him for eternity, but also that you would be like him here on earth, that you would mature into Christ likeness. And where does discipleship start? Well, we talked about how it really starts with you surrendering to God. Okay? You need to surrender every part of your life to God, not to a program or a person, but ultimately to God. Okay? It starts with surrender. And once you surrender, God can begin an amazing work in you. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So God is working in me with the desires and the power to do what pleases Him. I want to do what pleases God. I hope you do too. And we need to surrender our desires and our ways and our mistakes and our past to Him and watch the work that He does in us. He's doing a work in you. He's doing a work in you today. We need to start with surrender. And finally, we shared around 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 11, and how we need to supplement our faith. It says in uh, chapter 1, verse 5 of 2 Peter, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, 
and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And that word there, supplement, well, it literally means to supply, to furnish. It's like when you're born again, uh, you get a new house, a new faith house. It's like you get a new inner man, a new inner woman, and it's up to us to furnish that house and supplement it, okay, and fill it with things that'll help it mature, okay? It's like we are saved by faith, okay? We are saved by faith in the name of Jesus, but we are sanctified with supplements. Okay, let me break this down. So we are saved. We believe in Jesus. He graciously gives us. He, he pours mercy out on us. He gives us the Holy Spirit, but we, with supplements, mature in the Lord, and we pursue maturity not out of fear of what God will do to us, because we're saved by faith in the name of Jesus, but more out of concern of what God won't be able to do through us. Because if we stay immature, we won't experience all that God has opened up for us in Christ Jesus. And I want to know and experience that, and I hope you do too. And we want to serve you, Maria and I, uh, our, our desire is to serve you as the pastors of everyone church, to serve you and help you mature. It says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, the Apostle Paul writes, and, I, and it kind of sums up how we feel about this whole topic. It says this, So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect. Now in the New Living Translation, there's a little star above perfect and that uh, if you follow that it gives you the option of putting in the word mature in there so that word perfect can be substituted with mature so we want to present them mature in their relationship to Christ perfect in in their relationship to Christ that's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me And that's how we feel Uh, as we're planning this church and as we're beginning to uh, pastor the people of everyone church. uh, Our work is to, by God's grace and with his power and the help of others, obviously, to help you mature, to present you before God mature and perfect in Christ. Okay, that's the heart of what we're doing. And, And we want our church We're praying, we're believing for this church to become a greenhouse for maturity, that it would be a place where you flourish. It'd be a place where you're built up in Jesus' name for his glory. So today, I want to look at how we engage in discipleship. How do we do that? Uh, What does it look like in real time, day by day? Uh, If discipleship is about the everyday, uh, how how do I see discipleship working out in my life? day by day. So let's go to our core scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, written by Paul again. Uh, We love the Apostle Paul. And before we read, I'd like to give us a bit of background to what's happening here in the book of Ephesians. Now, Ephesus was in the southwest of modern-day Turkey and on the coast of the Mediterranean. Look at that cool map there. And it's a major Greek city in Asia Minor, Big deal city, uh, like major trade routes. It's a port town, wealthy town. And it was really well known for the Temple of Diana or uh, Artemis. It was located in the middle of that town. Everyone could see it. Took over 250 years to build and considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. 
And in the middle of this temple was a big statue of Diana. Now, depending on the sources you read, um, uh, uh, some say that in her crown was a meteor that had fallen from the sky. Uh, some sources say that she was actually carved out of a giant meteor. I, I don't know which one to believe, but so I'll just present both of them to you. But Diana was known as the goddess who fell from heaven. Okay, they believe this meteor came from Jupiter, and that was Diana. Because you know, in the ancient world, something falls from the sky; it must be God, right? Uh, and Diana worship. Uh, was a major attraction in Ephesus. It, it, a lot of people traveled there just for the purpose of going to the temple of Artemis or Diana to worship her. And Ephesus was full of creatives who would make trinkets of Diana. A lot of uh, economic dynamics in Ephesus were tied to Diana's power and reputation. And the temple um, controlled the trade guild, the fisheries, and other businesses, all the economic activity in Ephesus went through this huge temple. The banks, the markets were there, and it was a massive thing. Everybody saw it all the time. And that wasn't uncommon in the ancient world for all the trade stuff to go through the temple in, in these Greek cities. And that's why, you know, when Jesus overturned the temple in the synagogue, okay, uh, I'm sure there was a part of that where he was saying to people, we don't want the temple of God to become like these Greek temples where all the trade goes through the temple, okay? Which is kind of cool. Uh, and in Acts chapter 18, 19, um, we read about Paul arriving in Ephesus and taking what I just told you, you should read Acts 18 and 19 uh, later today because uh, it's just so amazing. You know, when you think about how the whole economic structure of Ephesus was around, you know, the power and reputation of this goddess Diana, Paul shows up and starts healing people in the name of Jesus, and it throws off all the economic activity in Ephesus. And people start freaking out and saying, hang on a second. People aren't going to come to us and buy trinkets of Diana and, and, and go to the temple if they hear that Jesus can heal your sicknesses in just a moment. Right. And so it was quite amazing. And the first thing that comes to mind when when you think of Ephesus for, for ancient people was likely the temple of Artemis or Diana. And so it's not surprising that the book of Ephesus, this six chapter letter, there's a strong emphasis in here about the church as the temple of God. It says in Ephesians 2, 21. Now listen to this in light of what we just talked about in the city of Ephesus. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. So imagine these people are seeing this huge temple. And Paul is saying, we are being built into that in Jesus. Isn't that Cool. And, and this is the least uh, situational letter of Paul's writings. He's not writing to the church in Ephesus to address a specific issue. He more is laying out the foundation and the purposes of the church. Uh, chapter one is about an opening. Uh, chapter two is the church is the temple of God. Chapter three is the family of God. Chapter four, there's an emphasis on the church is the body of Christ. Chapter five, the church is the bride of Christ. Chapter six, the church is the army of God. So it's all a lot about the church and uh, written to a group of people that were staring at a big temple <laughs> a lot. So let's, with that in mind, let's read Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Paul says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son 
that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So let's pause there. So he's saying, these are the gifts given to the church, and this is the goal. The goal is to mature, to measure up to the full standard of Christ, to mature in him, to become like him. Okay, and the gifts are the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors and teachers. And but remember, he's not just talking about these gifts that are like floating out in in the ether. No, he's talking about people, people. And this is the key today when we talk about how discipleship happens day by day. These gifts that are given to the church to help the church mature are people in the body of Christ. God's manifestation of spiritual gifts through people. So God saves people. He empowers people. He uses people to help people grow. And God has put people in your life and my life in our church to help us mature and pursue maturity and engage in discipleship. Well, what does discipleship look like day by day? Well, maybe that isn't the best question. Uh, The better question probably is, Who does discipleship look like day by day? Who does it look like? Remember, Christianity is communal. Uh, We've talked about this a lot before. It's something we really value in our church. God uses the people around me to help achieve his purposes within me, which is funny. We've been talking about this so much while we've been only able to gather online. But don't you worry. We're setting a foundation for next year as we start to get together. Because this is the thing and this is a key point here, is discipleship takes place in proximity. Proximity. In proximity to others, in closeness to others. That's where discipleship really starts to happen. You know, if you're trying to climb the mountain of maturity that we talked about last week, if you're trying, you've got to have, God has given you all the the tools, of course, but we need people to help us climb that mountain, like Sherpas, right? We need mountain guides, people who know how to climb the mountain of maturity. You need to stay in proximity with people if you want to engage in discipleship. Yeah, you you can't really um, engage in discipleship through videos on a screen. No, it's a relational thing. It involves people in my life. And you know what's so cool about the church is all those types of gifts, all those gifted people, they find themselves in one place in the church. And guess what? In verse 12, It says God has placed them there to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. God has placed people in every one church to help build you up, to help mature you. Uh, the, The church community is a place for building. It's not just about the building. It's a place for building people up, maturing people, not tearing people down. Uh, The church is a place where discipleship starts to happen. And I'm telling you right now, you cannot mature if you're isolated. You can't uh, because uh, when you're flying solo, how can anyone help you? How can anyone help you see your blind spots? How can anyone encourage you? You. Discipleship takes place in proximity. It's like a rugby scrum. You know, in my mind, I, I view this journey of discipleship a bit like a rugby scrum. You line up shoulder to shoulder 
with people God has placed around you who are gifted in various ways, who have different experiences, who might be steps ahead of you in their maturity journey in the Lord, and you engage together. You engage in the push towards maturity. Discipleship is about the push towards maturity, the push towards Christ-likeness. It takes discipline. It takes work, and it takes the help of others. And most importantly, it takes the help of God. He gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. We read earlier. So others has others that God has placed in the church community I am planted in are there to help me mature in the Lord. And if I'm wanting to engage in discipleship and pursue maturity, I need to position myself to allow others to help me. Okay, uh, don't just cry on the sidelines. Get in the scrum. Come on. Like, like, don't just stay offended. Don't just stay isolated. Don't just stay alone. No, get in the game. Come on. Discipleship is about the ones who don't know seeking out the ones who do know. Uh, it's about the person who doesn't understand the Bible learning from the person who does. It's about the person who doesn't know how to pray learning from the person who does. It's about the person who doesn't know how to worship learning from the person who does. It's about the person who doesn't know how to tell others about Jesus, doesn't know how to witness to others, learning from the person who does. It's about the person who doesn't know how to navigate parenthood or marriage struggles or mental health battles or stepping out in faith, learning, being built up by the people who do. Amen? It says, now these gifts, these are the gifts that God has given to the church. You could say, now these are the people God has given to the church. And the church is you. It's their responsibility to equip you and build you up. Uh, the best disciples are encouragers. Come on, that's that's a key right here. You know, if, if, if you want to find someone who can help you mature and they just constantly tear you down and poke and prod, they're probably not going to be a good, good person for your discipleship journey because we all need encouragement. We all need to be built up. The best disciples point you to Jesus. May everyone church be a place where you are constantly pointed to Jesus, to his word, to what he would say, not just what I would say or my personality would say. No, no, no. What Jesus would say. So let's continue in verse 14, Ephesians 4. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So God places those around us so we won't be immature, so we won't be influenced by bad teaching that, and people trying to trick us with, with lies that sound like the truth, with the enemy trying to trick us into mistruth. We will be able to speak the truth in love to each other, and that can't happen without proximity. Uh, discipleship takes place in proximity, over a dinner table, over a coffee, at, in, at home, hanging out, doing life together. And I've seen Christians get so caught up in silly doctrine 
and conspiracies and discouragement and distraction. And the common trend uh, that I have noticed is they often tend to distance themselves from genuine, loving, gifted, wise community in the church. I mean it. Like, um, and when someone is off and distracted in, in their understanding of God and his ways and, and what is happening in the earth today even, uh, they're, they're, they can be offended. And it's like they just slide around trying to find someone who agrees with them and their position. And they say, hey, what do you think about this? And, and the response might be from good godly people, oh, that's a little bit ridiculous. So they slide over to someone else. They're like slithering around, right? And if we want to mature, we need to listen, seek wisdom, find a climbing guide. Find, come on, find a Sherpa in the Lord. Come on. How can someone speak the truth in love to you or help you not be led astray by lies that sound like the truth if you're never around and you never listen? This is what discipleship is about. Now, if you've been following through in our planted series, we talked through a lot of these scriptures and you're starting to hear some trends here. This is what everyone church is going to be about. It's going to be about being planted, being together, uh, not forgetting about the world around us. Of course not, but engaging in discipleship together in that rugby scrum. In the church community, we find these gifted people to help us mature. In the church community, we will find those who help us on our journey of discipleship. And discipleship takes place in proximity. Who is helping you grow? Who is helping you climb the mountain of, the, of maturity? Not the mountain of offense, not the mountain of reasons not to do something for God in your life, but who is helping you grow? Come on. We need people in our lives to help us grow. Not grow more offended, but grow more like Jesus. And we are not short of resource in the church today uh, and materials. Come on. You can go on YouTube, Google, whatever you want. Uh, I mean, if maturity was related to access to materials... Uh, then we would all be very, very mature, right? Um, but we aren't. Maybe because it's not about access to materials at all. It's actually access to relational discipleship. People who help us grow. People who see our weakness. People who see our blind spots. Not just people who tell us how to climb the mountain, but people who climb the mountain with us. You can find a hundred preachers, a thousand preachers, a million preachers on YouTube that will tell you how to climb the mountain, but you'll only find few who will climb the mountain with you. We're here to climb the mountain with you in Jesus' name. It's kind of like tools and trades. This is how I kind of view it in my mind. You know, I have all sorts of tools at my house. I'm not completely useless. I've got a gurney. I've got a whippersnipper with a battery that needs renewing. It only lasts for like half half the yard and then I have to charge it. And But I've got... A lawnmower. I've got screwdrivers. I've got all sorts of stuff. Right? Um, and I can fix stuff. But when there are complex issues and things that really need fixing, I call upon tradies. People who know how to use those tools for special purposes. And in the Christian life, we have so many tools around us. But it's not so much the tools we use, but the tradies we call upon. The people we can call upon to say, hey man, I've got this Bible here. Oh man, we've all got a Bible. I've got my Bible app or whatever. And I'm just, I'm struggling to understand this because I need someone who can show up and show me how to use this thing. 
Show me how to get the right meaning out of this thing. Show me how not to get distracted. So I hope um, you can find some tradies in everyone church who can help you climb the mountain of maturity. Discipleship takes place in proximity to others. Who is helping you grow? And now next week, we're going to finish off this series with really talking about the pinnacle of spiritual maturity. I hope the word encouraged you today. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person that you are bringing to everyone church. I thank you that you are bringing people with all different gifts. You have gifted people for a reason, to help us equip one another, to help us mature one another. And Lord, I pray specifically for people today who might feel discouraged or isolated or who might feel like they've experienced um, bad things in the church community. Lord, I pray that your grace would be upon us, Lord, to help us form a loving community that helps each other, that serves each other. Not a community that pushes each other around, but a church that serves one another and helps us all climb the mountain of maturity. We want to be like you, Jesus. We want to love you every day, even when people aren't looking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, you know what? It's time to get rolling, man. The restrictions are lifting and and we need to get together. Discipleship takes place in proximity and we're looking forward to starting to gather, especially as we get into next year and we get this church off the ground. In Jesus' name, hey, have a blessed week.